Welcome back. We are in Chapter 29, Explanation of Devotion of Service by Lord Capilamuni. I don't know about you, but I'm an avid reader, and I find that whenever I get near the end of a book, I always get, not anxious, but kind of like this urge to just, to just power through and, and get to the end of it. I want to see how things turn out, and I'm feeling that here because... There's only 33 chapters to this canto, and I'm excited about seeing how it ends, or, or what cliffhanger it ends on, I should say. I will be taking just a short break. After I read this, I'm going to be reading some Upanishads. I've actually already started recording some of those videos. And then we'll do a bunch of those, and then we'll go back and start with Canto 4, and pick up where we left off. All right, here we go. Verse 21. I am present in every living entity as the super soul. If someone neglects or disregards that super soul everywhere and engages himself in the worship of the deity in the temple, that is simply imitation. One who worships the deity of God in the temples but does not know that the Supreme Lord, as Paramatma, is situated in every living entity's heart, must be in ignorance, and is compared to one who offers oblations into ashes. One who offers me respect, but is envious of the bodies of others, and is therefore a separatist, never attains peace of mind, <clears throat> because of his inimical behavior towards other living entities. Even if he worships with proper rituals and paraphernalia, a person who is ignorant of my presence in all living entities never pleases me by the worship of my deities in the temple. Performing his prescribed duties, one should worship the deity of the Supreme Personality until one realizes my presence in his own heart and in the hearts of every other living entity as well. As the blazing fire of death, I cause great fear to whoever makes the least discrimination between himself and other living entities because of a differential outlook. Therefore, through charitable gifts and attention, as well as through friendly behavior, and by viewing all to be alike, one should appropriate me, who abide in all creatures as their very self. Living entities are superior to inanimate objects, and among them, Living entities who display life symptoms are better. Animals with developed consciousness are better than them, and better still are those who have developed sense perception. Among the living entities who have developed sense perception, those who have developed the sense of taste are better than those who have developed the sense of touch. Better than them are those who have developed the sense of smell, and better still are those who have developed the sense of hearing. Better than those living entities who can perceive sound are those who can distinguish between one form and another. Better than them are those who have developed upper and lower sets of teeth, and better still are those who have many legs. Better than them are the quadrupeds, and better still are the humans. Among humans, the society which is divided according to quality and work is best, and in that society, the intelligent man, the intelligent men, who are designated as Brahmanas are best. Among the Brahmanas who have studied the Vedas, they are the best. And among the Brahmanas who have studied the Vedas, one who knows the actual purport of the Veda is best. 
Better than the Brahmana who knows the purpose of the Vedas is he who can dissipate all doubts. And better than him is one who strictly follows the Brahmanical principles. Better than him is one who is liberated from all material contamination, and better than him is a pure devotee who executes devotional service without exception, expectation of reward. Therefore, I do not find a greater person than he who has no interest outside of mine, and who therefore engages and dedicates all his activities and all his life, everything, unto me without cessation. Such a perfect devotee offers respects to every living entity because he is under the firm conviction that the Supreme Brasaya Godhead has entered the body of every living entity as the Supersoul or Controller. A devotee who applies the science of devotional service and mystic yoga in this way can achieve the abode of the Lord simply by that devotional service. This Purusha, whom the individual soul must approach, is the eternal form of the Lord who is known as Brahman and Paramatma. He is the transcendental chief personality, and his activities are all spiritual. The time factor, which causes the transformation of the various material manifestations, is another feature of the Lord. Anyone who does not know that time is the same supreme personality of Godhead is afraid of the time factor. Lord Vishnu, who is the enjoyer of all sacrifices, is the time factor, and the master of all masters. He enters everyone's heart, he is the support of everyone, and he causes every being to be annihilated by another. No one is dear to the Lord, nor is anyone his enemy or friend, but he gives inspiration to those who have not forgotten him and destroys those who have. Out of fear of the Lord, the wind blows. Out of fear of him, the sun shines. Out of fear of him, the rain pours forth showers. And out of fear of him, the host of heavenly bodies shed their luster. Out of fear of the Lord, the trees, creepers, herbs, and seasonal plants and flowers blossom and fructify each of its own season. Out of fear of him, the rivers flow. The ocean never overflows. Out of fear of him, only does fire burn, and does the earth with the mountains not sink in the water of the universe. Subject to the control of the Lord, the sky allows outer space to accommodate all the various planets, which hold innumerable living entities. The total universe soul body expands with its seven coverings under his supreme control. Out of fear of the Lord, the directing demigods in charge of the modes of material nature carry out the functions of creation, maintenance, and destruction. Everything animate and inanimate within this material world is under his control. The eternal time factor has no beginning and no end. It is the representative of the Lord, the maker of the criminal world. It brings about the end of the phenomenal world carries on the work of creation by bringing one individual in existence from another, and likewise it dissolves the universe by destroying even the Lord of Death, Yamaraja. And thus ends this chapter. As I was thinking about this, I was um, recalling a talk I just listened to yesterday by Sri Acharya of Dharma Nation on and uh, uh, here on YouTube, some of you may know him of the International Sanatana Dharma Society, or the founder of that society. And someone asked the question, if the Lord, or to paraphrase the question, if the Lord is all these things, and the Lord is protector, and you know takes care of the devotees, why was India, why was it conquered by the Muslims? And why again was it conquered 
you know, in the last century, i.e. Gandhi and the British, etc., that whole history. And Aksharyaji said something very simple. He said, because everyone was in disarray, they weren't unified. They weren't all in the same place with the Lord. They weren't practicing the same. Some of them were very much materialists. And because of that, they had their country kind of taken from them and their culture destroyed and their religion, whatever. And the Lord protects, but at the same time, he can't protect you if, if you're not coming to him. That's a theological explanation for a very complicated history that some of you may disagree with, but I thought it was an interesting point. Essentially, if you don't go to the Lord, things could happen. If you do go to the Lord, well, you know, you're taking, maybe things will still happen that aren't good, but at least you're, you're doing your part and trying. And Hinduism, even after the Muslims and the British and whoever else has has had their grips on India. Hinduism still alive. The culture is in some ways, um, you know, more organized today, and it's still out there. Yes, it has lots of problems because religion has problems. But at the same time, you know, the Indian culture wasn't completely wiped away. It still exists, and Hinduism still exists. And, and things are there that people still find are really important. And if you go on YouTube and you watch a lot of stuff, you'll find a lot of people are fighting for the soul of India to come back and breathe again. So it didn't die. So the Lord did take care of some of it. It didn't, you know, the Lord didn't get rid of everything. It's not like trying to bring back um, um, 1930s Berlin. <laughs> That cabaret reference, I know. But if you think of cabaret, it's not like we're trying to bring that back. That's gone. Or or the Moulin Rouge in Paris. That's gone. That culture is, is gone. No matter what you do, you can only recreate it and it will never be the same. But Hinduism is here. This is the book. This is the old book. Maybe in modern English, but it's, it's here. So the Lord does protect some. And it's worth it to then find the Lord. Because otherwise, without him, well, it's kind of hopeless. That's just my feeling. Maybe not. I don't know. But it, it feels hopeless without God. And I've been a worshiper of God since uh, 1997, summer of 1997. And I'm making this video in 2022. So you could say I'm biased. But before that, I was a hardcore atheist. And life did seem a little hopeless and empty and materialistic. Anyways, just a random thought. Um, please share with me anything that's on your mind. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry Harry.